0: All y'all people if I scan my stuff, y'all going to hear don't come for me cuz I'm a two piece you with my receipt. <laughs> well since we talking about it, let's talk about these prices. You wanna want you to talk about how much I scan. Before they
1: get in your business. Be in charge in your business. On a
2: to Montgomery & Co. I'm Renee Montgomery. 750. 750,000. We have seven, well, actually, we have more than 750,000 downloads, you guys, less than a year. Thank you. I just want to say thank you, okay? Before I get into the show, thank you very much. But we also have a lit show. We got Smash and Dash New Podcast is releasing. The hosts are Chris Johnson and Lindell White. We also have the author, not the husband of Joy Ann Reed, which some people mistake him for, but the author of The Rise of the Black Quarterback, the ESPN Anscape talent, Jason Reed and then Cole is going to make it make sense jam-packed show is lit let's go okay so the NBA released its 2022-2023 schedule first of all that's big exciting because now it's like oh wow we're getting close and then as everyone else the first things that I want to go do was I look at opening night games and then I also look at Christmas day games Christmas day games is the real deal like who's playing on Christmas that's Kind of a big deal. And so I was so sad to see that the Hawks were not playing on Christmas Day. I mean, I get it. We're not one of the top teams in the league. But I do think that we're just exciting enough to be one of the teams that got a game. Also, too, the Knicks are playing on Christmas Day. So I feel like Knicks are tradition, though. You know, they have a big fan base. I really do get it. I was just hopeful that the Hawks were playing on Christmas Day. But I am going to run down what Christmas Day will look like because – That's like, you know, it's a family tradition with us at our household, and I'm sure it's the same for a lot of other people. So the 76ers are starting the day at noon with the Knicks. Then the Lakers play the Mavs at 2.30 p.m. This is Eastern Standard Time. The Bucks versus the Celtics. December 25th at 5 p.m. I think that one could be exciting. But this is the one right here. If you were to circle a game of the game to watch, I think on Christmas Day, you better be in front of a TV at 8 p.m. The Memphis Grizzlies are playing the Golden State Warriors. And that's exciting for a whole bunch of reasons that I'm going to tell you. But let me just say the last one. The Suns played the Nuggets at 10.30 p.m. But back to the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. Draymond Green, he has his podcast called The Draymond Show. And on his podcast, he speaks candidly about situations that happen in the game. He speaks candidly about players, teams, and the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors, I think, are gearing up to have just a very beautiful rivalry that I would love to see come to life. Draymond apparently says something on, I don't know if he said it on his podcast, but he said it somewhere out loud that the Memphis Grizzlies got a hold of it. They said that they're putting that in their weight room as motivation. Y'all know, y'all call it locker room talk, whatever you call it. Draymond Green has given it to the Grizzlies. Now they may meet, I didn't do the, all the back checking, but they very well may meet before Christmas Day. But I can tell you right now, players play with a different type of energy on Christmas Day. There's a different level of pride. You want to win on that day. So when the Memphis Grizzlies match up against the Golden State Warriors on Christmas christmas day oh you best believe i'm gonna be front and center get your popcorn baby it's about to be lit let's go all right what's up everybody back at it again with moco newsroom and we are never gonna lack Content to put on this because y'all wild out here. And I'm just going to start because when I say wild, I mean, it can be entertainingly wild as well. Again, I'm back at the boardroom.tv. They came out and said, Oklahoma quarterback General Booty has launched a line of NIL merch And it's called More Than Just a Name. And he plans to donate a portion of his profits to the Oklahoma Children's Hospital of OU Health. General booty. I can't
1: get over. (laughs) Now, I'm telling
2: you right now, this guy is going to make some money.
1: Wait, so so the name of his brand is More Than a Name? More Than a Name. Yeah, More Than a Name. that's like clever and like inception at the same time.
2: But long story short, the collection is going to have t-shirts. It's going to have... Hats and it's going to even have a bucket cap. So I might have to get one of these bucket hats because y'all know I love a good bucket hat. But I'm just telling you right now, this guy, he's thinking he's on his feet. Oh, my gosh. One of the shirts says, I love booty. Another one of the shirts says booty call. (laughs) Another one of the shirts says General Booty. Oh, okay. Another one says, We Got Booty. Oh my we God. Got Booty. <laughs> one of the bucket caps says Booty Bay baby. Okay. Like, I'm just... Booty! <laughs> I'm telling you right now, General Booty is going to set the name, image, and
1: likeness merch on fire. I like, I like the Booty Bay one. That, that's not bad. At
3: <laughs> <Booty>. <laughs> I like the first one. It just tells the truth about most men. I now, uh, you all all laughing. This is great merch. Now,
0: watch when Vance is walking around with I Love booty across his chest. Y'all going to feel a little bit different. Y'all going to feel a little bit different.
2: Listen, it ain't your beauty. It's your booty, baby. Okay. That's what I'm
0: saying. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's loving this general booty. I'm just, there's two things about this. This is so cool that he is, he is capitalizing on his name. Because I yes. had to ask, Paul, this is his government? like this is his government (laughs) name like is this what's on his birth certificate General booty booty. his parents (laughs) when his parents knew what they was doing because he had to be he had to be great with that name he had to be (laughs) great for this he had to be great with that name i'm telling you that right now (laughs) that's my
1: news this week for the newsroom what y'all (laughs) got so wait, so the news is that he's dropping his merch. No, the news is that his name is General Booty. That's what? the real <laughs> news. Oh, We've <laughs> been
2: Booty the whole time. <laughs> we, the news is that General Booty, which is his name, is dropping a line of merch. Beautiful of booty that's merch the news. that's awesome <laughs> I, mean, I, love the, I love the reason why he's doing it but his name is more news
0: <laughs> to me than any merch <laughs> anything what he's doing his name is more, <laughs> than, his news. Name.
2: His more name.
3: than the name oh, your, my. your booty
0: what y'all got man
2: who's on okay next? well
3: i guess i'll hop in here real quick i don't have a real big <laughs> one this week but i guess it is pretty big and you've heard me refer to it several times when i talk about uh <laughs> Renee's been to the metaverse and I've never been to the metaverse yet. I don't have any of those (laughs) VR glasses. And then I've been doing some research and finding out that maybe those VR glasses might make you sick or whatever. So I'm not sure at my age, if I'll ever get to the metaverse, but I'm going to try to get there and maybe I'll do it live on a show (laughs) one day. But anyway, there was an article in fortune magazine and it says the metaverse is replacing the office and meet the gamified workforce, of the future. So in other words, it seems like now with all of the, you know, uh, work from home and all of that and the Zoom and we're now on Riverside and all of these things that are more virtual work, uh, not actually in the office, that now they're talking about how gaming is going to be in there and then with this, you know, metaverse stuff. So I just wanted to read you from this Fortune magazine article real quick. This study they did said that the vast majority of Gen Z, 87 percent, millennials, 83 percent and Gen X, 79 percent play video games on weekly on personal and household devices. So that's a fact. I'm feeling attacked.
2: So this is interesting. This I'm going to ask a question to y'all. Would y'all want to with sh-
3: that? Come on. <laughs>
0: Not doing it,
1: y'all don't want to film in the metaverse. No, Renée's no. already had about two or three meetings in the metaverse. She's <laughs> all for this. She loves the metaverse. Listen, it's the best. I be chilling just like this, looking a mess. Got my bonnet
2: on, all of that, Smuggy and on I'm here everything. talking business. And we sitting in a meeting virtually in the meta. I'm my avatar, so it, the reason it doesn't matter how I look is because I picked my outfit that morning in the little slides. <laughs> I, I picked my avatar. I picked how I was gonna look. I plop down on that. Meaning, you mean to tell me y'all don't want to have to worry about doing your hair for a meeting? Absolutely
1: not. I don't, no, no. uh -uh, Some people actually like going out, Renee.
3: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let me give you this other little tidbit. It says, some might think that Fortnite, everybody's heard of Fortnite. I heard it with my grandkids or whatever. (laughs) They think that's child's play. But more than 60% of the Fortnite community is between the ages of 18 and 24.
1: Oh, wow. I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like all our kids play Fortnite. Oh, yeah, amazing. but I feel like- and This is
3: the very demographic that's entering the workforce now. So... <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. so we got a lot of fortnighters shouts to stimuli I gotta shout out a company stimuli because they're gonna be teaching gaming like as educational that's where it's really going like basically it's gonna be edutech where you edutech, learn okay. through the gaming and stimuli is like literally doing that in Dallas and about to do that other places but Cole I, I don't understand why Cole is so reluctant to join me in meta like what's up <laughs> I'm about
0: to roar I'm about to give out the big t-rex roar because I am a dinosaur I, this is ridiculous come on we have I've got okay to so guys to get a hold of life this is this is not life i refuse to dress my person up in a suit or this avatar and sit in a room or with those glasses on
2: and just sit <laughs> their goggles and their virtual reality come on, you don't want to enter virtual reality at any point
0: miss me with all of that just miss me with it just miss me with it I don't I don't care you're not going to. I'm
3: sending a shout out to you all for someone. When I get ready to enter the metaverse, I need me a really cool avatar. So I need some help. Help me create. My that could avatar. be arranged, range,
2: yeah, yeah. As long as there's a want to, Cole don't even want to enter <laughs> I don't want to the metaverse
0: I don't for even, some I don't apparent want to. reason. It's another password. No, it's another login.
1: AOL dialing up with us. The goggles they do make you a little, a little like nauseous though. I'm not gonna lie. We we've tried Definitely. it. We've had to have it on for about two or three hours. Now and you need a prescription. <laughs> so you just add to you just add into the nightmare. You, you, no, you
2: get your medicine beforehand. Have a ginger ale right it, beside yeah, you. Like,
1: it makes you a little motion sickness. I'm not gonna lie. Get motion your ginger sickness.
2: ale because shouts to Canada Dry. I want to date you, but I'm a big fan of ginger <laughs> ale in general. But I do have to have it when I go into the metaverse because see, just for my meetings. you gotta medicate me to get in there. <laughs> medicate.
1: See, see, we just add more pieces to the puzzle. We add more pieces to the puzzle. I remember I'm when not, this uh, when when the when what was it Mark Zuckerberg and I think it was Gail King they first televised the, the first metaverse interview or something like that and when Renee saw that her eyes lit done. up and this was like maybe like two or three <laughs> years ago and she was like oh, I want it I want to do meetings like that like her <laughs> eyes she she, she couldn't wait for this to actually be a thing so when I'm somebody invited me to future. a meta meeting I was like oh it's lit like I was turned up because if
2: Renee
3: no like, everything from the
1: metaverse she no would way. well
3: I was so envious because some people came by one day and told me hey I was watching this game I saw Renee she's already out there in the metaverse I said, oh my
2: god she is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I call games in the MetaQuest. it's called the MetaQuest, and it's okay. the NBA broadcast in the metaverse now you had it right Booker. so we broadcast so you can watch the games on NBA TV ESPN ABC all of that jazz or you can watch the game in the metaverse with me on in the meta quest. And so. fun,
1: fun fact, yeah. Renee was the first basketball female analyst in the metaverse. Congratulations. Hawaii, kudos. Look at Cole. You know what, Cole? This is awesome. Have- to work Just. on my sister, y'all but we gotta <laughs> move on who got one <laughs> next right. up in the newsroom is well will smith he's issuing apologies not in the metaverse out in the real world so <laughs> you already know that he issued an apology to chris rock so now netflix is actually in talks for a tell all biopic as you guys know A lot of people Pulled out of working With Will Smith So then now they're back In talks with him So I just wanted to know What are you guys' thoughts On all the companies That have pulled out And, they uh, are from, yeah. and now are coming back Yeah Now, now they're trying to come back eat. To work with Will Smith It's kind of like A Johnny Depp situation Where all we, Some controversy came on You know yeah. Came out And all the companies Started to pull out So then now Netflix is back on board With him After he issued the apology Like what are you guys' thoughts Do so you think that The, the, yeah. the apology was necessary I- for companies to come back To work with him or not
2: First of all I want to say we, we have to like Calm down Like sometimes too I'm more of the Take some time To make a decision That you want to stick with I'm not of the make a quick decision because there's a lot of energy going on and we have to make one right now or everybody's going to. Because you see that happen a lot of times with brands, even Nike, when something happens, sometimes right away they might, you know, suspend somebody's contract. And I would rather a suspension than canceling a contract. But I just think in general Like Cole even said it, like, let that man eat. When you're dealing with people's livelihood and people's contracts and people's money, like everybody should just take a second to make a decision that you want to stick with. So whatever decision you make, that's your choice. But Take a second, like it's like even with us with the Atlanta Dream, you know, we took a good second to figure out who we wanted to be coach. Everybody wanted us to pick a coach the same season. Like, oh, you got to replace your coach. You lost a coach. We was like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to make a decision that we want for a long time. And so I think that when you make decisions fast like that,
0: it's bad
1: Are y'all going to be Catching the tell-all Biopic on Netflix? Absolutely Yes Why not? <laughs> saying? They gonna get my click My view My everything Like yes I clicked on Far
0: less trash So <laughs> if it's <laughs> I'm
1: just nosy enough To want to know
3: What they're
0: saying
1: Yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, saying. I gotta say, I'm not surprised. I, I, I kind of knew. I mean, even though this was in the works before, I kind of knew that Will Smith was gonna come back with some kind of tell-all. Like this, this story has too many layers, and it was too highly publicized for it not to be a follow-up. And you know, he is like one of the biggest yeah. public figures in the world. So. so, what
2: about Chris Rock now, too? Though, so he then, already made mm, his money.
1: He need to sit back and
0: be quiet. He made his money. <laughs> he got slapped. He sold out. You know what, what I'm saying? Happened?
2: What money did he make? No, I'm
0: saying before... I, and don't get me wrong. He might have been selling out before. Fact check me if you're wrong. But I wasn't hearing too much about Chris Rock stand-ups before Will Smith slapped him. He might have been selling out, but I don't know the dynamic also, of how much... what you're saying. So what tra- I'm saying, tra- saying is, is that okay. when Chris Rock got slapped, all of a sudden... He was selling out everywhere. You couldn't find a seat anywhere that he was doing a stand-up. And so... Yeah, especially the seats up close
3: because they wanted to see if the handprint was still visible.
0: Mom, I Snug. cannot.
1: I cannot. Oh, goodness. I am so- <laughs> how, how, how do you guys feel about the companies pulling out like from, from working with him? Bye. See you. <laughs> Peace. Like good riddance I mean because you can't Make them stay So
2: yeah. the, if they already
0: Made that decision to go You have to go You have look, no choice but to go What Ms. Pat say it.
2: You want to go Where people want you And that, you at know. the end of the day I mean I feel that way With any business I think sports Entertainment She's in entertainment But I'm in sports You really learn that The hard way In those type of industries Because yes. you can't force no those situations So for Will Smith I'm glad that Look at the end of the day Somebody was physically harmed So I'm not saying Nothing happened But at the end of right. the day If that incident happened, people have to have a way to redeem themselves. Like, you know, like we have to have a route to redemption as human beings in general, because again, like I'm saying some things, I have a hard time forgiving, you know, certain crimes, certain things. It's like, to me, I ain't I ain't with it, period. But certain things like this, there has to be a route to redemption. Like, I'm just, and that was not a verbatim Miss Pat quote, by the way. It's just like, but <laughs> she was just saying, basically, go where you're wanted. And at the end of the day, Will Smith, you know, I saw him even to that point. He posted on Instagram and he posted a funny meme saying, is he allowed to be on Instagram yet or social media yet? Like me trying to get back on social media, I think was kind of what the caption said. But yeah, like at a certain point, he has to be able to come back to real reality and live amongst us in social media, have jobs, have production. I so, agree. I mean, you know, he has to start that road to redemption somewhere.
0: I agree. And I said, let that man eat. So,
2: <laughs> Cole, what you got in the newsroom? What's going on? All right. So this has been getting on
0: my nerves. And so I actually saw... <laughs> a article about it from the New York Post that says a lawyer set a voice self-serve checkouts um, or it could cost you thousands. Interesting. And they're saying the reason why is these lawyers are getting some money and they're getting their retainer fees because these corporations and I, you know who they are. We've been there, done that. I'm not going to pull out any names, even though we can say names all day. <laughs> they have pulled all of the checkout systems where you actually have a person scanning your stuff Mm -hmm. and putting it in a bag and a bag boy to put it in a bag and do all that put it in your cart to these self-serve checkouts and when I say in mass quantities I have been to numerous stores where they have four people four actual people and 30 of these self-checkout things and then they want to the lawyers are saying what's happening is is that when these security companies are going back and doing inventory, they're finding out they're missing a whole lot of this or a whole lot of that. They're going back and looking at these cameras and then pulling charges against these people.
2: Oh yeah, we know that girl.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-uh.
2: I'm sitting home, I
0: scan all my stuff. You've made me work for the stuff that I've actually had to pay for and put it in my own cart. And then you go get mad because if I forgot to scan that Cold. fingernail polish
2: stealing things. No, 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 no. I want you to know no, that. No, 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 no. That's there's humans
0: stealing stuff. They are human stealing stuff. They're not talking about the ones that are stealing. They're talking mm-hmm. about the ones that are truly innocent who are getting felony charges against them. for, but for who's some...
2: innocent? You mean like, oh, you accidentally didn't scan something? No, no, no. You didn't they're notice? saying
0: people who have scanned their stuff. Mm-hmm. They said there's three categories of people. They said they broke it down. There are people who are stealing. Those aren't mm-hmm. the ones that they're talking about. Okay. The ones that Forget to scan one or two items because They have a large whatever mm-hmm. they're not Talking about those people they're talking about the ones That are truly innocent You have scanned four hundred dollars worth of items But because the the camera Saw you maybe scan things too fast they saw, "Oh, they stole that Because at that time there were four Of those items that had to be the person who stole These oh, people wow. are the ones who are getting warrants And stuff put out for their Arrest and charges wow. because They're saying then they have to prove it they have to say, Wait, oh. so they're
1: actually going back and looking at the yes, footage. Yes, they are going wow. back. Listen, I saw this on Twitter. I'm not gonna lie. This, this is, is pretty like that hilarious, good girls. <clears throat> yeah, I saw this
2: on Twitter because so some people like, and I think that. The group I'm talking about, Cole, you're talking about another group. I'm talking about the five finger discount, accidental discount, five finger people, right? Because you know, I saw that there's some people on Twitter that every now and then they might forget to scan an item. But I did see that somebody said, "Don't you ever fix your mind to even steal from Target because they don't care if you stole one dollar. Target is coming for you." I saw people; it was like. Places not to steal from. It was like, yeah, I worked at Target, and we have a whole department <laughs> for people that steal at the self checkout. They said that there's other ones happening too. Sam's Club caught up. So again, Cole is talk about something different, but oh, this made isn't. me this truly made me think isn't. of the people that maybe have a habit of the five finger discount. Y'all better knock it off because, like oh, Cole no. said, mm. folks is, is they catching up now. They got systems. They got.
3: Teams. But how dare A lot you? All the articles I saw, the people weren't getting to the register. They were back there in the meat department raising up blouses and just packing it around. Wow. They came wow. in weighing 150 and they leave weighing 220.
0: Guess wow. who's going to jail tonight? <laughs> see, and that's you. See, we're all we're all focusing on the truly innocent people, so like me. When I go to the grocery store, <laughs> I get angry if there's no checkouts because the lines yeah, are all the way back out in the middle. You have four yeah. actual human beings that are scanning and you have 60 of these self checkouts. So how dare you tell me <laughs> if I don't want to wait two hours to get scanned out to go to self serve and then you send me a thing in the mail saying hey yo I don't care what it is if you don't want people stealing then put people in there to check the stuff out. I, that's my whole thing. Oh, okay so Cole said look know you, you don't want to steal you better check me out yourself. Check me out so don't give people option to be able to steal now you people like mom said people are stealing anyway so why would you give them a, a free out to the door to
3: check out their own stuff and a lot of times like for instance you look on that little chart and says what do you have oh I got onions what kind of onions do you have and then you look up there well the onion that you have might be the expensive one so that definitely the clicks one. the cheapest
2: onion I can guarantee you that right now I can look at snook and tell we didn't even know that type of question not even know oh is this
3: that oh I didn't excuse me, but I'm just saying some of those things you you don't know. Okay, I'm going to be John out.
2: Keonis real quick. If you looking at that onion screen and you Keonis. know your onion is the most expensive onion on that <laughs> screen and there's one that's probably about $2 cheaper,
0: which one are you clicking? <laughs> okay, well that too. And what then What you do? <laughs> and then what's even crazier is they actually saying okay, well you say you didn't still approve it. Do you still have your receipt? From a two months ago. This is where, this is where, See, Cole, this is
2: where you need to enter the metaverse and TikTok because a lot of people record their lives at all times. And so they no. really might have them <laughs> videos of, uh, yes, actually, because I went on a TikTok rant that you guys charged. I had a $400 oh, bill. No. Isn't that what you said, Cole? That sounds like yeah. the TV
1: show oh, but listen, again. But No,
2: you know what I do? No, let me tell you
0: what I do. See, places, and I'm going to say names, places like Walmart and Target, they have the scan where you can actually get your receipt. Um, email. you scanned it No you can scan it And it gives you points for it So mm. if you scan your email Your receipts in It shows all your items You bought on that thing Which actually kind of saves you But like I said I am just angry At the fact That you force people To check out Their own food They had to pay for it They had to bag it They had to put it In the cart They got to take it out And then you come back And say Oh well guess what We saw you stealing Well yeah you did Okay Cole, You're people Up to you're steal never You're going setting- to Make it to the
2: Jetsons Do y'all remember The show the Jetsons How are we ever Going to get there If everything doesn't Turn into a robot Cole
0: <laughs> So all you Unemployed people This right. metaverse And see My Gen X self You would have a job If you wanted one, if you don't one, one, do not break my
2: soul, Cole, we already quit our jobs. Come on now, oh my and the gosh. people that haven't quit yet on the Great Resignation are already quietly quitting.
0: Don't come for me. Keep up, all <laughs> y'all people. I if I scan my stuff. Y'all gonna hear Don't come for me Cause I'm a have <laughs> I'ma put you i am a 2 piece you With my receipt Well since we talking about it Let's talk about these prices You wanna talk about How much I scan Let's talk about gonna these prices gonna put <laughs> <in there. laughs> Yeah I'ma 2 piece you with it Cause I, I hate it I hate it I hate it I hate That's it. the
2: newsroom folks
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well listen I'm actually having an issue Right now I should have had My groceries delivered And I just realized That's why I got up And looked Are they out there They're not And they tell me They've been delivered So now I got an issue You going have to call here And say. So, <laughs> Sounds you know, like first world problems. don't bring me these that have been sitting at somebody's house, so oh, right now, goodness. I got a problem. See, go ahead, keep mm-hmm. on being
0: electronic, be keep on being electronic, <laughs> keep on being electronic. Go ahead, have fun. I no won't break
2: my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, we have author and senior writer at ESPN and Anscape. Jason Reed is coming on to talk about his new release, The Rise of the Black Quarterback. Jason Reed, joining us, the author of Rise of the Black Quarterback. I really want to get into that. So, Jason, first of all, thank you for joining us here on Montgomery & Company. Black quarterbacks. Some people may hear that term and be like, well, what is that? Like, you know, I've heard of quarterbacks, so why are we using the term black quarterback? Can you just start there and just why are you using that term?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Again, thank you for having me and thanks for all the things that you do. It's very needed. Yeah, people nowadays would look at it and say, well, that seems kind of strange because there are a lot of black quarterbacks, superstar black quarterbacks in the NFL. But this is a very recent occurrence. For most of NFL history, black men were considered to be too stupid, too lazy, and people who could not lead, specifically lead white men. And so when we talk about black quarterbacks, we're talking about historically in the NFL, the most popular most successful league the league that dominates american popular culture even more so than you know basketball or baseball or soccer in this country football is the biggest sport it's the 800-pound gorilla and historically in the nfl black men black players were just considered to be inferior so they were not allowed to play quarterback they were uh, for most of nfl history the nfl started in 1920 and for most of nfl history black players who were quarterbacks in college, they knew that if they wanted to play professionally in the NFL and the old AFL before the leagues merged, that they would have to play other positions. They would have to move to wide receiver and running back. And so we're talking about historically the most marginalized group in the league, and now it's one of the most powerful. So when we talk about black quarterbacks, we're talking not just about a major change in the NFL, but a change in the United States also.
2: Interesting. So you're saying it's almost a reflection of like where we're getting or where we're going. Is that so basically as America gets more understanding in a sense of racial norms or stereotypes is that. So that's really interesting, because when you think back to what happened with Colin Kaepernick, do you equate that to. America wasn't ready yet for the quarterback still. And, and they like, where do you see that falling in lines of the timeline?
4: we talk about Colin Kaepernick now. And in terms of the, the, his career being taken for him because he decided to shine a light on systemic oppression and police brutality. And he ignited a movement, not just in the NFL, but he reignited a movement in sports because as you know, I'm, I'm not telling you anybody here, anything you, you, you don't know, Traditionally, especially during the, the civil rights movement in the 60s, sports figures were at the forefront of that, both men and women sports mm, figures, right. black, black men and black women. And we, I mean, we know this. And, but for a very long time, athletes did not protest openly, not 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 on a scale that we saw right. from Kaepernick. Well, Kaepernick ignited a a new protest movement among black athletes predominantly in sports. There were white athletes who were allies after Kaepernick did what he did, but we're talking about predominantly black athletes. And so what happened to him was just completely unfair. There were people, especially a lot of people in the media, who wanted to say, well, the only reason he's still not in the NFL is because he's not good enough. That's not true.
3: And we know that's not true. It's been proven. I kind of equate his situation to that of Muhammad Ali's when he protested uh, going to Vietnam. And what actually happened was he lost the best years of his life as far as competing, you know, as a boxer. So I kind of equate that to what happened with Colin Kaepernick because he stood his ground about his beliefs or
4: whatever. He kind of gave up his chance at stardom in his particular sport. Yes, ma'am, exactly. And, you know, we look at how Ali was viewed predominantly by white people. And I, and I say white people because we know that this issue about the protest movement in sports, from polling, we know that it breaks down largely along racial lines. Generally speaking, it's never good to make general, generalizations. But based on polling, the data, we know white people generally ex- did not believe in what Colin Kaepernick was doing and accept it. And we know, generally speaking, again, based on the data that black people did. And madam you're so right about the Ali comparison. You know, it's so interesting that when Muhammad Ali died, you saw all these glowing tributes from so many people from, all you know, across the racial spectrum. Mm-hmm. But at the time, <laughs> Ali was not loved uh, (laughs) universally and especially by white people. So that definitely changed.
2: So I'm curious, as you're writing this, I'm sure you reached out to people to get quotes and different things. Did you get any pushback just from humans in general? I won't specify, but did you get any pushback?
4: Well, from the standpoint of what I wrote about Colin or just overall? Just overall, because I think a
2: lot of people would like to take the stance of, oh, no, I think that that's a position that maybe." is newly developed by black like so i think this there's also to play devil's advocate people might say well for the longest time running backs and wide receivers were the positions that a lot of times black athletes gravitated to but was there any pushback about the narrative in general of the rise of the black quarterback
4: well you know it's interesting you know you i thought that's what you meant i just wanted to make sure it's interesting because When I started researching the book, and I I took two years, I'm a senior NFL writer at ESPN and ESPN's landscape but I took two years off to research the book. And I probably did between 70 and 77 interviews. I didn't total up the last few, but it's between 70 and 77. And yeah, you know, you talk about pushback. The, the pushback I, I got was not about the fact that black quarterbacks had risen to a position of power that no one thought they could. The pushback I got was that, well, some people are like, well, why do you even have to write about mm. this? We're past this, yeah. you know, that Barack Obama was president. So there's, there's no more racism. <laughs> and and you know, there are people who do believe that. So that was I, I did get pushback and that was predominantly the pushback I wow. got. Wow.
2: And so I'm curious now with we saw. Brian Flores now with new lawsuits and it's almost like you're talking about the rise of the black quarterback. Now we're amongst the rise of the black manager, the rise of the black coach, the rise of the black owner. Where do you find that timeline? Like, do you think that it's all going to be encompassing like with the rise of the black quarterback or these different Avenues that you got to fight differently.
4: I'm so happy you asked me that because you know there was there was a, a 12 13 year period where black players were banned from the NFL from 1934 mm. through the, uh, the 1935 season. So. Post reintegration, the big barrier was, OK, getting you know, black players back into the game and then black players being allowed to play positions like center and middle linebacker because those are quote unquote thinking positions as well because you have to make so many adjustments. So, yeah, now the big frontier, so to speak, is no longer quarterback because black players have conquered that position. Now the frontier is coaching. And mm-hmm. and front office leadership, you know, high positions of front yeah. office leadership, ownership, you know, something you clearly know about. So, yeah, I mean, that that is the next huge frontier for not just black men, but black women. Um, you know, we, we, we need to have more representation, diversity and ownership, because, you know, again, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Representation matters. We need our children to see that, hey, we can rise to these levels too. So yeah, that is the next frontier totally.
2: And it's interesting. And thank you for your those words. It's it's interesting. It's just all interesting to me because you know, you follow the NFL and you write about it. And there's certain parallels even in different worlds. Like, you know how you said you write there's ESPN and Anscape. And so does Anscape, I'm just curious, like, does Anscape, does ESPN cover the black quarterback as much as Anscape?
4: Well, let me let me try to say this. I know. The right sorry, way. I'm not trying um, to get
0: you in trouble. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna say, you're about to get him hemmed sorry, up. Don't <laughs> As we
2: talk about these things. It's like it's very interesting because, yeah, like we're a Montgomery and Co. podcast. Of course, we're covering the rise of the black quarterback and the rise of the black executive. But is that energy being given? on both sides of it, because you actually are both sides and I don't want to get you in trouble. So answer it however you may, but. You know,
4: well, I, I, when I said, well, let me let me qualify. this. When I say I want to say it the r- right way, not to be politically correct or, you know, to protect my job, although I have two kids, so I, I definitely want to protect my job. But, <laughs> right I, but what I want to say is the, the, the right way means I am an ESPN employee. ESPN is part of Anscape. So the argument I would make is the fact that ESPN allows me to do what I do for Anscape, I would say that, yes, then then all of ESPN does cover it that way. Now, there are some things that I write for ESPN, uh, you know, when I'm not specifically focusing on black coaches or black quarterbacks or black executives that maybe just run on ESPN. But basically everything I write, Runs everywhere. So yes, I would say that ESPN is putting as much energy into this because ESPN is what's paying for me to do what I do for. No,
2: that's amazing. I I do love to hear that because I know you mentioned women and a problem with women when it comes to anything is like that representation in media, you know, 4% of media goes to women. So I was curious about, you know, we know that with the WNBA, there's been data that shows that sometimes maybe a white athlete will get more attention than a black athlete that performs as well. So we know that there's QBs, there's Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Tyrod Taylor, you know, those are like – now like you taught the rise they here Dak Prescott they're here mm-hmm. and I'm just curious about like that representation in the media does that have an effect too like you'll see endorsement deals flying off the shelves sometimes for prospects so has the rise of the quarterback also shown in media basically is what I'm trying to to get to
4: Absolutely you know and I and I'm totally with you in what you're saying and yes these superstar black quarterbacks you know, they now have the biggest contracts in the game. Teams are built around them. They're adored by fans, and this economic engine, which comes from representation. You know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just veer off a, middle, a little here. If you, if you just hang Go with me right for ahead. a second, but, Take time. But, but you know, I look at the the Brittany Griner tragedy, and I don't say it's a situation like most people do. I look at it as truly a tragedy Maybe because Brittany Griner, you know, is one of the most accomplished female basketball players on the planet. Now, you know, people say, well, if Tom Brady was in Russia, well, the the U.S. government would have done a lot more to get him. back." Tom Brady would never have been in Russia because he wouldn't have to go over there to make the type of money that he should be able to make being one of the greatest players in the world at his sport. So, you know, we talk about representation and, and impact and the things that great athletes in this country should have access to. And I think about this from a standpoint, an economic standpoint, mostly, and that, you know, Brittany Griner should not have had to have gone to Russia. She should not have had to have been in Russia. So, you know, when we look at black athletes, and especially black players in the NFL, black players in the NFL, there's an economic engine around them, especially the stars. And until that exists across the board, We're going to have situations where people who are elite, who are superstars, who are the best in their craft, have to go somewhere else when they shouldn't.
3: This Colin Kaepernick situation or whatever, I know that it was exacerbated when we had our past president. And so from news accounts, it seems like, and I've seen it on a lot of social media, that a lot of individuals, because of the Colin uh, situation or whatever, kind of put football down you understand what i'm saying i think it kind of got a black mark from that do you think we've recovered from that or we will recover from that because as i said it was all over social media people said oh i'm not going to need more football games i don't I'm think they ever left. Nice. i'm sorry not
2: to, i'm like did they ever even leave
4: well <laughs> <laughs> okay
3: or are they just talking you know out of their mouth yeah, and not talking. doing you
4: know well, well well you know what ma'am i would say this you're both right I mean, again, and I'm, I'm, I have nothing against white people, but I'm, I'm saying this because this is what the polling, the polling data told us that a lot of a lot of white NFL fans or a portion of white NFL fans said they were not going to watch the game anymore because of these black players who were protesting. Now, what what the data also tells us is the ratings for the playoffs last year were through the roof. Skyrocketed. The media companies paid this league more money than ever than to, ever to broadcast the game. So they wouldn't have done that unless the information said to them that, that white fans were back, too. So I hope that answers the question.
2: I'm just curious, like, you know, with your book, I always like to like, what did you want people to get out of your book? Like, why did you want to write it in the first place?
4: You know, a lot of times when you talk about race, when black people specifically talk about race, there are a lot of white people you know we're in 2022 in spite of what happened to george floyd why do we have to keep talking about race all the time and you know what my hope was that people would come to this book with an open mind and if they did they could read about another aspect of african-american history in this country and maybe understand a little bit more if they get to the end of the book you know why things are the way they are and why representation matters and why it matters that people you know are given opportunities to compete not handed anything but just given opportunities to compete because if if we all get a chance to compete you know regardless of our our whatever is in our background who we are in terms of you know the people we love and the things that we aspire to do regardless of our race or our, our, our religious beliefs. If people are given opportunities in this country to compete and, and compete based on their intellect and their merit and their skill, any one of us can rise up and contribute to the fabric of the greatest country in this world.
0: I want to say something in regards to this. So my son QB is one, a football baby. player. He's they call QB one. He is QB one. And what's so different about his situation opposed to my older sons? I have a big gap. So I have one that's twenty five. When he played football, and to to your point, he was a receiver. He was a D end. Um, when he played defense and offense, he had different. There was different aspects that he played. My second son, who loved football, we never thought we'd give it up. He played running back, fullback, receiver. So he played those positions. And so even with my other son, before he gave it up, he was still like a run. So he were they were all in the same. Like you said specific positions that weren't quarterback positions. And even when they were growing up, now that you said that, I don't even remember seeing any black quarterbacks in the bitty ball league. So it's like, I see what you're saying. So then my next thing is, is that I come to my youngest son who's now playing and, You're right. It's an explosion because now he's playing quarterback. He's eight years old. He's not. Well, yeah, he's eight, nine years old. All he talks about is Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and even my older ones, when they watched football, there were some black quarterbacks. Not a lot, maybe one, maybe two, but they were so overshadowed by the white quarterbacks that. They weren't really toward a favorite like Michael Vick was the first one where I think everybody was just like, oh, my gosh, Michael Vick. But now it's like so many to choose from. So I do see what you're saying is how it's changed. We've never had a quarterback. It's a totally different lifestyle for even me and my husband. We have a quarterback in our house, which we never even thought about before (laughs) with our older ones they were fast they could catch they so you automatically put them in these positions and then i can only feel for the other kids like in these city schools and city places where the entire teams were black in the biddy ball leagues and then they just knew that their quarterback lifetime was done when they got to college because they could not continue in that position even though they played that position their entire you know elementary life. So I think it's sad because now I have a quarterback. So I couldn't imagine him playing all the way through almost middle school and high school in a black school where there was all black students and then having to know that that's over once he got to the college realm. So I, I do, you talking about that now, it just brought everything as far as even in my household, my, my kids, how that's relevant as far as the rise of the black quarterback. So
4: that is awesome I just I just love what you said so much there because it, you're so right there was a point you know I I, I uh, started out as a newspaper reporter in my career covering high school football and recruiting and you go to these elite quarterback camps these high school kids you wouldn't see a black face anywhere now Nowhere. black faces everywhere and you know yes. a, a, a good friend of mine one of my fraternity brothers his son is eight years old and he is a quarterback and he, he, he's black and and he was showing me a video of this elite camp he was invited to you you know, you know what you saw? What stood out to me? You didn't see a white face there. They were all yeah. young black quarterbacks. It's switching so over. It's yep. exactly, to, um, to your point, exactly what you're talking about. Yep.
2: Wow. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, listen, I... We got a QB1 now, <laughs> and the rise of the quarterback <laughs> is here. The Rise of the Black Quarterback by Jason Reed. Please go grab a copy. It's, I consider it educational. I know you it may not be it categorized is. that um, way, it but is. it's Definitely. educational. And
3: historical. Education, like Sam said, and historical. Because it, we have transitioned to this. It wasn't like, bam, it was a transition to get to where we are right now. And we need to transition all of our coaching, all of that. Exactly. But just speed it up a little bit. It, little it took too long. It too long. We're getting there. thank
2: you so much for joining us here on Montgomery & Co. Thank you for
4: having me. Thank you for the kind words. And, you know, thank you again for what you do because what you do is very important. And I really hope, and I'm just going to be on a soapbox here for one more quick second. I really hope that people, you know, don't forget what's going on with Brittany Griner. I hope that people don't forget that a situation like that should not have occurred and to keep her in your thoughts because we need to get her back home and all Americans who are held in situations where they should not be there. But um, don't forget about what's going on because that's very important.
2: that don't really make sense but we try to make sense of it so that's exactly why we have Cole do make it make sense and we're back at it again Cole so
0: I was reading the headlines and CNN had a article that said Ohio teachers say they won't end their strike without improvements to miserable classroom environment and I said to myself I need everyone to make this make sense. I thought we agreed that after COVID, we were gonna give teachers and nurses a break. Whatever they wanted, they deserved it, they should have. But apparently that's not what's happening here. And when they use the word miserable, I know it's bad. I know that the school system has a lot of work to do. But then I keep thinking, why y'all keep playing chicken with these teachers? Like y'all knew all summer that these kids had to come back to school and you knew the teachers weren't happy. So why do you allow it to get to the day before school and the teachers say, we're not going to do it. We're not going back in a classroom. You knew this was going to happen. So then I had to look into the article and I was like, wow, what, what what's really happening that they're really that upset about? I'm thinking they're not getting supplies. They don't have books. No, these teachers are literally asking for less Kids in the classroom, smaller classroom sizes, they're asking for us to return music, art, and gym back to the daily curriculum, which they're basically saying we need our free periods back. You give us more kids and less free periods because we're going to be honest. When the kids go to art, the teacher gets a mental break. When they go to gym, the kids get a mental break. When they go to music, the teachers are getting a mental break. So everyone's getting a break from each other. So why are we not giving these teachers what they want? I don't even understand that. And then you added more periods to the day and the education system is still as bad as it was before. So I agree. The teachers are like, we're not going to do it. Stop playing with these teachers. Not only are teachers... Striking, but it's also the librarians, the counselors, the nurses and other school employees. They're in the building, too. They say the kids are still come to lunch. They're still coming to the counselors for sessions and and for mental health awareness. The nurses are still doctoring, patching, testing for covid, sending kids home, lice checks. They're like, we're all in here. And so we're hot. We're cold and we're tired as well. So basically, it's not just the teachers, it's the entire school administration. They've had enough. They've had enough. They're underappreciated. They're underpaid. And it's ridiculous. It is absolutely the most absurd thing this country can do for the teachers as well as the students. And there was one teacher who was so fed up. He said, 90 degrees, and I quote, 98 degrees is a boy band and not a classroom temperature. And he's right. He's right. You can't think when you got sweat rolling down your back, you stand up, you're wet, you go to another class, you sit down, you're hot all day. You're basically a survival mode at 98 degrees. Same thing if you're cold. If you're freezing and you're in a classroom and it's too cold, you can't get warm. How are you thinking about what the teacher's actually talking about. How are the teachers even teaching? You're just basically trying to get through the day. There's no type of retention or learning at all. So, And it's all unfolding in Columbus, by the way, if I didn't say that before. It's all happening in Columbus. And I just feel like this is not only this school, but there are schools across the country that are going through this. And so as the people with the credit cards sit in air-conditioned chambers and offices and get their limo rides to their lunches and, you know, it's all comp. Do you have your kids and your grandkids that are sitting in sweltering conditions in classrooms and the teachers who are teaching them who are frustrated with your kids? I just don't understand on both sides. So I need someone who has the credit card to make it make sense. Give up the three-digit code on the back, cash out, charge it to the game, add it to the bill. We are already trillions and trillions of dollars in debt just keep going. The credit card is not cut off. Just keep going. I don't understand why we draw the line where the bill has to stop at this particular amount when next administration, there'll be another trillion dollars added to the game. So we just need to go ahead and give these teachers what they want. We need to listen to them. We need to stop bargaining with basic common sense items. Heat, air conditioning and better classroom demeanor, decor, education, all those things. We should not be bargaining for our kids to have a better education. That's just something we should not be doing. And we're doing it. So I just need someone out there who can tell me the best way to make this make sense.
2: Next, we have the host of the new podcast Smashing Dash on Believe Network, Chris Johnson and Lindell White. First of all, welcome back Chris to MoCo and welcome Lindell. The fam is here of course. We got Serena, my wife, Cole, my sister, and then my mama, my Booker. So Lindell, welcome to the family. Welcome.
5: I honestly thought that was your sister or something. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: I had no idea. Yeah, that's my Booker right there. Um, you. you know, her hashtag MILF went viral, but that's a whole nother story, okay? Oh my okay? god. <laughs> oh my a whole story But listen, we're here with literally one of the NFL's most dynamic duo, Chris Johnson and Lindell White, who have recently announced that you guys got a new podcast, Smash and Dash. And look, y'all said that y'all were going to do this, be unfiltered, uncensored. You talked about podcasts that players are already on. Ones I think about is Point Forward, The Old Man and the Three, and The Draymond Show on the NBA side. Now, are you guys concerned at all? Because I know y'all be keeping it real, but are you concerned, like, because Draymond's gotten some backlash about, like, you know, talking about basically your peers?
5: Yeah, not me. I'm going to say what I want. <laughs> Listen, I'm not really worried about what, what the politics of somebody else is going to say because it's, it's funny because these politics and these people that got something to say ain't never lined up on the field or never played a sport. They just, you know, they're a guy with, you know, something to say, so – it's not fair that they get to just say whatever they want, you know, and there's that's no true. shot to Skip that's Bayless, but Skip Bayless sits behind a desk and he can say whatever he want about mm-hmm, anybody yeah. he wants. Mm-hmm. And there's no politics when it comes to that. So there's no way that you can't tell me that right. I can't say what I won't be. And I actually played this sport and I've been in do- to yeah, it. Yeah, and-
2: no, that's a good point though. So, I mean, I think we're starting to see that more with media in the sense of players are almost owning their own media. You know, you might see an article come out and then you might see a player respond on their own social media. And owning
1: their narrative too, yeah. because, like you said, like you got skin in the game, you you got you got the the years of experience to talk about it, not not from the outside, but you know also from the inside.
3: One of the main things that allows you to do, because you know when there's stuff out there in the media, it's not always in the right context, and it's not always in the right things surrounding it is how it was meant. So when you have your podcast, you can get everybody straight about what you said and what you meant <laughs> by what you said. Is
1: that like, clear up yeah, some things? She's right about that. Mama.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to me, it, it's very interesting when you know football players, in particular. Football is a sport that. Has more reins on it, I would call it. You know, like NBA, you know, there's players taking knees. There's games opted out as players. You know, like there's a lot more action going on on that side. So I'm just curious on the NFL side, why do you think there's not as much like leeway, I would say? Like what is it on the, in the football side?
5: On the basketball side, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's a little different because – When you look at it, the players really run the basketball league. Like, when you look at the teams, there's two players on the team making $100 million combined. So, like, if these two players literally sit out a game, it'll probably mess up the whole NBA market. LeBron can probably call 20 of his players that's superstars in the league, and he could shut the league down if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, it's not that easy. You got 53 guys on the roster. You have a guy that's probably making $400,000. And if the guy that's, you know, making or 40, $40 million tries to sit down, the guy that's only making four, 400000 <laughs> like, listen, this is my opportunity to try to get mm-hmm. that $40 million. True, you man. know what I mean? It's Amen. like... When, 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 the, when the numbers are so different, it's hard for, you know, the NFL to, to, as a player to take control of the league. Nothing's guaranteed. I just seen something today where, you know, Lamar Jackson's trying to negotiate a fully yep. guaranteed contract mm-hmm. where I respected nothing but 100%. If Kirk Cousins can get a, a, a fully guaranteed contract, he's never won MVP, I don't see how uh, Lamar Jackson can't get it. But, again – You know, if that's LeBron, (laughs) there wouldn't even be a question.
2: No, yeah, that's a good point you bring up, definitely. And this actually brings me to, so, Smash and Dash, you guys are going to discuss important and controversial topics around sports, culture, music, Mm -hmm. and society. And one of the things that I really do love is that you're going to speak just like you did just now, unfiltered, uncensored. And so, I want to play a little game called Let's Keep It Real, okay? (laughs) Let's
6: keep it real,
2: okay?
1: (laughs)
5: It's Listen, y'all. Me. This is what
2: y'all do. Y'all keep it real on and off the field. Like that's for real. Like you just, it ain't gotta be messy, but I'm just curious. Football is already a very physical sport. So I'm curious in a sport that's physical, what is the most disrespectful thing that somebody can pretty much do on a football field? Like basketball, you know, like it's like you foul me while I'm in the air. That's disrespectful. Don't play that. Like you could hurt me. So what is like those things in football or maybe even a personal experience like where that was just straight up disrespectful?
7: One of mine was we was playing in the um ALC Championship, my rookie year. Play was over what's have been blown and then they just like bent me all the way back. Like if you see it, you think like they broke my back or something, but they bent me <laughs> all the way back. Like it could be something like that. It could be a late hit, but like I'm pretty sure like in a WNBA, NBA, they talk trash and stuff like that. But like
2: in the NFL,
7: like it's real, real serious. Like they talk a lot of trash. Oh, it's like personal? (laughs) Yeah. They talk a lot of trash. (laughs) All right.
2: Let's keep it moving. And I like this. So let's keep it real. And you gotta give it to me real. Give me the scouting report on my Atlanta Falcons. You know, we're all the way Atlanta sports around here. What's our strengths? What's our weaknesses for the Falcons this upcoming NFL season? Just shoot it to me straight. Or if it's good, let me know.
7: I think right now y'all y'all gonna have to get a, a proven quarterback. At this point, y'all had Matt Ryan for so long. And I think they got um Mariota. Is it Mariota? Marcus Mariota or whatever, um, you know, he was starting (laughs) for the Titans and then – or whatever. He haven't been starting since then, so we're not sure what he's going to be able to come in and do. We're not sure if he's going to be able to come in and be that starting quarterback that y'all need. And I know y'all got a good tight end.
2: Didn't we draft a quarterback as well?
7: (laughs) Yeah, y'all drafted a quarterback as well. But, yeah, so I think that they battling for the position or whatever. But we just got to see if they're going to be proven through the air or whatever. Like, they've been – Had Matt Ryan this long time, I think, since I got drafted. They drafted him when I got drafted. And we're just going to see what they're going to do. And if they be able to have an air attack, they got rid of my boy Julio. Like, how do you get rid of Julio? Man. Well,
2: what happened you, tell me what happened from the player it. perspective. Like,
7: Julio, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what that situation is. Julio probably was ready to get out of there, man, because they haven't won in so yeah. long. Yeah, And, like, that's what these organizations do these days, and that's what I don't understand, I don't get. Like, even if they got a good player and they just not winning with that player, instead of them building to make the – the organization better and put guys around them. These days, they would rather just get rid of them Than just start that's over. That's
0: crazy. Though. I said the same thing. Yeah,
3: because I, I
7: can't yeah. believe it. So I kind of think y'all are in the rebuilding phase right now. So I don't know. I don't know how good that's going to go for y'all this year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. We gonna keep it moving. All right. We Damn. gonna keep, keep it one hundred. What are your thoughts on Brittany Griner being detained in Russia?
7: Yeah, I feel like they're using her as a pawn for sure. For sure it's a pun. But like so we that's crazy that you asked that because we talked about this topic on our show and one of the questions that I asked um and there was, and that's what I wanna ask y'all now, do you think the trade is worth it? Like, okay, mm. she had a um two cartridges or whatever. Do you think the trade is worth it giving up the guy that done all these murders, the arms deal dealing and of death. stuff like that? Do you think that trade is worth it?
0: I'm going to start off and say I'm selfish. Give us Brittany back. We'll deal with the merchant if he come back over here. We will have to deal with him a different way. No, but sure. I feel like let's let's settle our people first and then we can hop right back on the same train. I don't feel like he done. If we let him go, I feel like they just going to let him go and then he'll be back over here and then we get a second chance and then the second chance we shut it down. I right. think we just shut Russia off and then if we get him again, he won't get out. But I feel like our priority needs to be getting her home first, and then figure out the rest later.
7: Yeah, we say that, but I'm saying, are we saying that just because she's a WNBA player? What if that was like your brother or something? You know, we wouldn't make that trade if it was a if it was just a regular U.S. person that went over there, right? Yeah, we wouldn't make that trade for them. So I
0: almost feel like if it was the same exact circumstances, we almost would. Only reason why I say that is because. I feel like it was a political pawn, so I right. think Putin was already. So I think if it was an, a regular person with this, which this happened, I think probably be more outraged than it is with Britney To be honest with you, I feel like they're saying because she opted to go over there and play on the overseas, she kind of put herself in that situation. But I feel like if we were a regular family of people and one person got stuck, I think they would be more outraged because they'd be like, "This is just a regular American." But Who it probably wouldn't over, have gotten you know, that
2: much I think, attention. I think is what he's probably getting at. I think at the same- same time though would the merchant of death be the person we're talking about it's like we it's two big celebrities in that name like uh, the merchant of death to russia is probably just as big of a deal as britney griner our olympian is to them and so it's like you got to compare apples and apples to oranges and oranges like and it's unfortunate but paul whalen he's been in um russia detained for an extremely long time probably to your point of you know there's not that much publicity and Power behind it But you know I like that First of all I like that y'all Are talking about it Uh, Snook Do you have anything On that Serena Well I was just Going to say
3: That you know Always you don't Want to leave Anyone behind And Brittany uh, And you know How I feel about it Since you Actually played in Russia And we've been Over in Russia And it's just Horribly frightening For a parent To think about Their child being Over there I just can't even Imagine what She's going through But my thing is Too Maybe if she wasn't Such a high profile Person and things would be different. But I feel that whenever we can, we should always go and get our No people, woman left behind. I like is. that.
1: Right. Nobody left behind.
3: You never leave anyone behind. Right. Because then there's the opportunity for, well, you know, they'll snatch anyone then that opens up the door for there's no way of uh, stopping them from doing things of that in the future. Yeah. So go ahead. And we have a pretty good track record of getting people who have done us wrong when they leave russia they'd have to come out of russia but anyway you know i'm sure the united states would be dead on it if he were to get into a situation where he was not in the russian territory
1: yeah i think the decision to bring her home is pretty unanimous we all want britney home but i think to your point that that is a great question like i think that people need to, I guess America needs to brace ourselves for what is the consequence for that trade, you know? So I think that whatever the government is going to do, then we need to prepare ourselves, like, you know, because this, I I feel like this isn't the end of that whole situation. Even when the trade does get done, there's going to be some repercussions after that. So. I'm not looking forward to that, but I am all for bringing Britney home.
5: I got to play devil's advocate a little bit, too, though. Like, okay, because (laughs) what I say is this, though, because I definitely say free Britney Griner. I don't I don't think she should be there. But then I look at like America and ourselves. What about these dudes that doing 25 to life for 30 years in America for an ounce of marijuana? And they're looking at her like, girl, you only got nine years. You'll be back home. Like, I got 35 years in my same country for having the same thing. You went out of the country knowing the rules are different and stuff. So, like... You know how do you, how do you think the to Americans feel like To in- point,
0: listen, listen here. I say free them all, free that's them
2: what all. Everybody out, no, no, out no, Honestly, no. there could be two truths. Wrong. Yeah, there could be two truths. She need to get up out of there, they and then even out out now they do too. And that's yeah. that's a it's good stupid. point though, yeah. because even in sports, I mean, like this is by the time I was already retired, but. And even in sports, they started to allow cannabis to not even be tested. Now, man. I don't know. Was that why y'all was playing? Was that a thing? I don't even know if the NFL is actually <laughs> in on that. But
5: No, yeah, they on it. And is they that- suspend your ass and all that if your ass gets shot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they need to, they need to let like, no, go of too, man. They full of crap with it.
2: it huh? <laughs> the NBA and WNBA already let that go, so yeah. I didn't know if the NFL was, was with it yet or not. But I should have known And the thing is Is
0: that I mean it's not like It's a steroid It's not taking you In that direction So I don't understand How they feel like That's going to be something mm-hmm. If you're running back Takes it and he's slower oh, that's on y'all I mean that's <laughs> why I feel about it That's on <laughs> y'all So I feel like They need to I agree They need to Before they get outraged In other countries They need to have outrage here Let these people Open these doors These kids who Got popped with these Little bags of weed Let them go That stuff was yeah. dirt Probably anyway right. Let them go
1: <laughs> And put
0: them let them go and you know what I mean for some of these kids they are criminal offenses other things they've done then you you do that but that weed stuff y'all got they gotta let that go they gotta let it go
2: thank you guys for coming on and keeping it real that's what you know y'all talk about y'all are gonna do on your podcast and this is a perfect example of how y'all are gonna do it so check out smash and dash the hosts are sitting right here with us Lindell White and Chris Johnson thank y'all for joining us here on Montgomery & Co. yeah thank you you know, I had a coach once tell me how you do anything is how you do everything. And it's one of those things that make you go, hmm. And so when my coach told me that it stuck with me even to this day, because I'm telling you right now, but it stuck with me then because it was like, you can't turn up on the basketball court, but be doing terrible in school. Or, you know, you can't be amazing at your job and be terrible at home. Like you got to do things the right way all the time or it doesn't matter, really. And so when I start to think about athletes and I see athletes keep it real on and off the court, I love to see that because. You are who you are 100% of the time. And so I always just say at MoCo, you know, it's a generational thing here. And that is who we are all the time. See you next week.
4: Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.
2: Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us.
3: Just this overall sense of community, of values
6: that, you know, Minnesotans have.
0: It's a real accepting, loving community, especially
7: with two young kids.
6: See what makes Minnesota the star of the north. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com live. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?